Good morning. Welcome to High Point. My name is Andy, the lead pastor here. Uh, welcome to High Point Church. Thrilled to be with you. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Uh, many of you that are watching right now, we are going to be together in person here momentarily. Uh, we've got a little 4th of July uh, picnic as a church. But I want to make special mention to those of you who can't make it. Um, or those of you who are watching online from out of state, different cities, etc., or in Atlanta, uh, you might be in Atlanta, but still be like four hours away. Uh, happy 4th of July to you as well. Uh, we're thrilled to be uh, experiencing God's kingdom together uh, with you as a church. The 4th of July is, we celebrate freedom um, I realize it can be a little bit of a mixed bag for some people because when we look at the history of Independence Day and the 4th of July, not everyone was experiencing freedom uh, the way that we uh, idealize it and talk about it. But here is some of the good news. Number one, God is continuing to work in our country. Uh, he's continuing to work in our cities and our, our people, our churches, and people continue to experience greater freedom. And so we celebrate what was while also looking forward to God more fully realizing and using us to bring about freedom and freedoms for everyone. Today, we are talking about freedom. But not freedom, from, not freedom as it pertains to governments or systems or really laws. We're talking today about spiritual freedom. The good news is, is that all of us, regardless of age, regardless of color, regardless of socioeconomic status, Jesus, because of his death on the cross, he lived the perfect life that you and I could not live. And he took upon himself our sin, the sin that we, we, we could not, we couldn't figure out a way to get rid of it, to get free of it, to somehow make ourselves righteous in God's sight. Jesus did all the work for us, which is amazing. And through the cross and what he accomplished that we could not, he has given us freedom. And yet, how many times how often have you or people that you know, do you put your faith in Jesus? You go to church, you're walking this Christianity thing out, and yet you still find yourself struggling with sin. Struggle with it? There are things I struggle with. There are things that you probably struggle with. And today I want to talk to you about how you can walk in freedom from sin. That's it. We've got a few minutes today. It's a little bit of a shorter message. We're going to hit it, and I believe these are going to help you walk out your faith in greater freedom today. Turn to Titus chapter 2. This is what Paul writes to Titus, a young leader uh, in, in, in one of the early churches. He says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus who gave himself up to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good." That's a lot. 
understand, let's paraphrase it, that grace, the grace of God has appeared, the grace being Jesus. And it's through this grace that you and I experience salvation. But it's not that you just get salvation, although that would be enough, right, for us to just say, God, thank you. But but God, in his great mercy, he doesn't stop with that. He gives you salvation in that you can live eternally with God. Death is not the final straw. But that you can actually, in this life right now, there's something that can rise up inside of you, a strength, a power, a victory that you can experience in the here and now that allows you to look at your situation and say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and things that don't please God. That is amazing news. But just because we know that doesn't mean we live it. There's a big gap as it pertains to faith. Just because you know it doesn't mean that you're living it, okay? Jesus says this, or the, the Bible says this in 1 John 3, 8. We just read from Titus 2, 11, and now we're in 1 John chapter 3. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. Now, if you're like me, maybe you grew up going to church, you, you hear about Jesus coming and Jesus came to, to save us. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Jesus came to help you live right. Jesus came to, you know, all these things that Jesus came to do. He came to set you free. He came, again, to, to heal and to fix and to help and all, all these things. And all those things are true, okay? But many times we don't talk about this purpose right here. 1 John chapter 3. Why did the Son of God come? To destroy the works of the devil. I love that. Jesus came to heal. Jesus came to set free. Jesus came to save. But Jesus also came to destroy. What was it that he destroyed? The works of the devil. And those works, what Satan is working on, his project, his art, his, his, his masterpiece is enticing you to sin, to live in such a way that doesn't bring honor to God, that doesn't bring him glory. And Jesus came like a wrecking ball, right, to destroy the works of the devil. I wrote in my notes, I, I'll just share it with you because I don't know why, but I, I like it. <laughs> Jesus came to mop the floor with the devil, right? I don't know why that stuck with me as I was working on this message. Jesus isn't playing, okay? And when we talk about Jesus coming to destroy something, he doesn't destroy you. He doesn't destroy your life. He brings life to you, an abundant life. But you know what he does destroy? What he mops the floor with? is the devil and the works of the enemy. The way that he would move in your life to try to draw you into sin in ways that don't bring glory and honor to God, Jesus came to wreck that. But just knowing that is not the same as actually living that. And some of you know the pain of having thoughts that you just can't seem to shake, just thought patterns, right? Impure thoughts or, or, or just things that you know that are stuck, lies that you're believing that don't bring honor to God. 
Some of you know what it's like. You, you know the truth of the gospel, but you just you still find yourself stuck doing the same things, saying the same things, right? If you've ever lived or been around the woods before and you've kind of had to cut a, a path, you know, through the trees as you're, you know, hiking or doing something like that and you've got your blade and your feet and the more you walk that path, the more the trees and the grass and the ground, it conforms to a path that you regularly walk and so sin is like that in your life. So is righteousness, might I add. But the more we walk the path of sin, the easier it is to to do because we've got a well-worn, traveled path. And so it can feel difficult at times breaking that cycle and getting out of the habits and out of just the the worldview of thinking a certain way. Jesus came to destroy that on your behalf and give you something new. And that's great news. So today, here are three things. I'm going to hit them quick on how to actually appropriate that. Whether you're a teenager watching, maybe you're sitting on the couch with mom and dad, maybe you stumbled upon this video randomly and you don't have any ties to High Point. Here is how. Here are three ways that you can walk in freedom from sin today. Okay? First, number one, Paul writes in Corinthians. He says that no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, He will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. One of the biggest lies that we experience as it pertains to sin is that nobody knows what I'm going through and no one feels what I'm feeling and no one has, no one's carrying the weight that I'm carrying. That isn't true. That is a lie that the enemy tries to sow into your soul to make you think that you're the only one. Isolation. But no temptation has seized you but what is common to man. Kind. Meaning other people have experienced this as well. And you know who experienced it more fully than anybody else? Jesus. And Jesus can help you in your need. But I love what Paul writes. He says, when you're tempted, that God will provide a way out. So what do you need to do to walk in freedom from sin? You need to begin looking for the way out. How many times do we just we, we, we just pass by the, the, the opportunity in the moment that God is giving us. And you know that the knocking on the door that happens in your soul when you're about to do something you know you shouldn't do and you feel that check in your body and you think, you know what, I don't have to do this. And, and, and there's the second guessing and there's the thought. God in that moment is giving you a way out. There's a check in your soul and in your heart. Just recently, uh, my, my nephew turned 13, and we were able to surprise him, and I took my oldest, and we went, and you know, the, my nephew had a, a bunch of friends for his 13th birthday party, and one of the things that we did is we went to an escape room. Now, I'd never been to one before, and I was just there to, as the adult chaperone, and it was fun, and you've got, you know, like 12 kids in a room, and all these clues and puzzles, and they're trying to figure out how to solve it to escape the room. It's like a big trap if you've never been into one before. And there's a clock, and the clock is ticking, right? And it was 
It was a blast watching these kids try to figure out the clues and solve you know, the, 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 the way out. They were looking for the way out. And there were kids who didn't really care, and then there were kids who were like, okay, we are busting out of this joint. And they're scrambling, right, to solve these clues. There's, there was like a desperation, and they're having fun with it, but as the clock is ticking, right, it's getting further and further down. The level of excitement and anticipation is, is, is filling the room, and they solve this they solved the clue. They solved the way out. I think they had like less than 30 seconds left on the clock, right? But they were looking for it. They were looking with expectation and anticipation for the way out. If you aren't looking for the way out, you're not going to see it. God doesn't force us to live in righteousness. There is a measure. I mean, you've given the power of the Holy Spirit. He's gifted you with that. But that doesn't mean, practically speaking, as you're just living your life, that, you, that you're not supposed to look for the paths that God has given you and then take them. You've got to begin looking for the way out and then say yes and walk it when you see it presented to you. That is a measure of will but God has given you that by the power of the Spirit. Look for the way out. Secondly, Matthew 18, 9. I, I, this, is, this is a rough passage right here, okay? Bear with me. Jesus is speaking to the crowds. He says, if your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. Whoa, okay, that's a lot. What's Jesus saying here? Is he literally saying you need to like get a spoon and, you know, take your eye out, right? That was kind of gross imagery, I'm sorry. It's not, he's not telling you to literally gouge your eye out or, or the, the next passage, cutting your hand off, but he's saying that you've got to have a, a desperate, drastic, action-taking spirit about you. If you're really hungry to be free, then you will do whatever it takes to walk in freedom. And that is point number two, that you would have a do-whatever-it-takes attitude. You've got to look for the way out, and then you've got to do whatever it takes. If, for instance, you are struggling with, with immoral thoughts or lust, for instance, let's be honest, you know, with all the streaming platforms that exist out there from Amazon to Netflix to Tubi to every, every uh, Hulu, there's about a thousand different streaming platforms. And many of them are offering content that, let's be honest, is like minimally R-rated. Right? The, the content is rough. It's rough sexually speaking. It's rough violence. It's rough with language. Okay. Now, if you're struggling with lust and thoughts and it's filling your heart and your mind and you can't seem to shake it, well, guess what you need to do? You need to do whatever it takes. And that means you, you, you gouge that thing out. You cut that thing off that's causing you to walk in temptation. Right? That means you do whatever it takes. Stop watching that show. Stop partnering with things that are leading you into temptation. It's not rocket science. It's not rocket science. Do whatever it takes 
and cut the things out of your life that are pulling you and drawing you away from God and from righteousness. Amen? Thirdly, is this. The scriptures tell us uh, in one other passage, Galatians chapter 6, this is Paul writing, right? And Paul's written uh, several of things that we've referenced today. He knows the pain and struggle of declaring that Jesus is his Lord and yet still struggling with desires that he knows don't please God, that, that don't please God. And so here he writes, he says, Brothers and sisters, if someone's caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently, a gentleness. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they're something when they're not, they deceive themselves. Carry each other's burdens. He's specifically talking about sin in this moment. If someone's caught in a sin, restore them gently. Oh, also... Uh, be patient, be gentle, but also watch yourself because even as you're helping somebody else, you can get drawn into this thing. You can be pulled in. But carry each other's burdens and in this way you fulfill right the law, the spirit of Christ. We are living out the kingdom by living this thing out together. So what is the third thing? We've got to walk in accountability. We've got to walk as a spiritual family. God has not called you to live uh, for Him, to bring honor and glory to Him by yourself. You are not called to live the life of faith on your own, which is why one of the main tactics of the enemy is to try to pull you away from a church family, away from a spiritual family, away from accountability, because when you're on your own, you are more vulnerable. We're called to carry each other's burdens, which means there's got to be some relationship where we're able to talk about what it is we're dealing with, what it is we're struggling with, the weight that we're carrying. This is one of the most amazing things. If you're watching and you're not part of a church, or maybe you're watching today and you're skeptical and you think, oh, you know, I'm for Jesus, love Jesus, hate the church. I'm going to just kick it and watch church online. Well, church online, number one, is a legitimate way for people to experience faith, uh, experience Christianity. But if the only way you're experiencing it is just a screen, meaning you're never in the chat, you're never talking to somebody, you're never experiencing prayer, which all those can be experienced online, might I add. If you're only, if you're simply only watching a screen and there's never any relational component or relational engagement, then you're missing part of how God has called you to walk in freedom. Part of the beauty of the church is that we link arms and we support one another. Yes, in good times, but also when you're going through it, we get to carry each other's burdens. This is a part of accountability. This is a part of what it looks like to follow Jesus. Jesus gave his life for you and for me, gave his life for the church. And this is one of the amazing things that the church gets to be and gets to become.
And this is how we walk in freedom over sin. Are there other things that we could talk about and teach in this moment? Yes. But these are th- some of the three biggest right here. So this morning, it's, it's Independence Day. But the greatest independence, the greatest freedom comes from what Jesus has offered you and I, you and me. But just because you know it doesn't necessarily mean you're living it. So to recap, in short, three very simple to understand, but sometimes difficult to live out uh, ways of walking in freedom are simply this, that you look for the way out that God has given you. And every time you feel the weight and the temptation of sin, know that God has given you a way out. Look for it. Have your, I mean, be scanning for it and then be willing to take it. The second thing is that you would do the hard work of doing whatever it takes to be free. And I realize that can sound redundant, but sometimes we want to hold on to so many of the things that are actually, they become snares for us. But because we like them and because they entertain us and because they comfort us or they make us feel good, we hold on to them. And we have to be able to let go, cut it off, and do whatever it takes. And then thirdly, we get to walk the privilege of accountability, the joy of spiritual family is that we carry each other's burdens. You are not called or designed to live this journey of Christianity out on your own. That's not what God's called you to do. Jesus has come to destroy the works of the enemy in your life. He's done it through the cross. He's done it through the resurrection. And now he's given us spiritual resources for actually living this out. Look for the way out. Do whatever it takes and walk in accountability. And I promise you, you will walk and experience a new level of freedom. Father, thank you in this moment that you've called us to be free. God, the victory that is found in Jesus Christ, it is available to us today. Lord, I thank you by faith. We are free. You've made us new. And even in that, God, sometimes we struggle still with the, the, the old patterns, sinful patterns that just seem to have their way with us. I pray today that we would experience a deep breath and a new level of freedom. God, help us to look and take the way out. Help us, Lord, to do whatever it takes. Give us strength and grace to say no to ungodliness. And I pray you'd help us walk in accountability with one another, in relationship and spiritual family. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen, church. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Independence Day to you. So thankful you're with us this morning. Look forward to being right here with you next week.